Hey, what's going on? Welcome to uh, the Black Love Channel and also the Black Financial Channel. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I'm here with the newly minted Dr. Alicia Watkins. How are you doing today, Dr. Alicia Watkins? Look at that. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Doing really well. Yes. How are you doing, Dr. Watkins? How, how are, you, are you doing? How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going on today? We're going to talk about Naomi Osaka. And uh, as you know, Dr. Alicia Watkins is a mental health expert. And Naomi Osaka, uh, you may know that Naomi was the highest paid athlete on the planet, female athlete. Uh, she made $55 million last year. And uh, what's really shocking is that despite the fact that Naomi Osaka is making more money than Jesus and God put together. This poor thing is dealing with depression right now. She just made a crazy announcement that she dropped out of a major tournament. And uh, we want to talk about that. We want to talk about money. It Can money lead to happiness? So the Naomi Osaka trial or Naomi Osaka situation, I don't call it a trial, like she, you know, in court. <laughs> uh, that is what we're going to discuss today. So go ahead and uh, hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe. We're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Black Financial Channel, and also we're simulcasting on the BlackLoveChannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I'm here with uh, Dr. Alicia Watkins. Do you feel funny when we say that now, since we just we just got married? Uh, no, uh, I've been saying it in my head for a while. Have you really? Yeah, we've been engaged forever. The pandemic. Holy crap, that's so crazy. So it's like we've been, I feel like we've been married. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just got married, y'all. Yay! Hooray for Black love. Everybody type hashtag Black love in the chat. Finally. Finally. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And you know, and uh, and mm -hmm. I and I tell you what, uh, I really would love to sit down with the poor little boys who 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 called me a simp because I was madly in love with a, with a curvy, <laughs> sexy, intelligent black woman. So I'd like to sit the little boys down and because and, they, they ain't had no men in their lives. They never learned how to be a man, poor things. You, you're you really affected by that. I'm not affected by it. I don't, I, I, I only feel sorry for this. Oh, you feel sorry for them. I do too. I feel sorry for them. And I hope that they can find love. Yeah. well, Because I don't think those people are in relationships. Well, usually so. trolls are not happy people. No, they're not. Like your greatest asset in life is that you're trolling. So that's like the only thing you do. That's your profession. But anyway, so I <laughs> yeah, so black love is in the building and uh we just got married last week and we're not gonna tell we'll talk more about that in a second, but we're gonna jump in and actually start talking about Naomi Osaka. Uh mm -hmm. did, babe, did you hear about Naomi Osaka and what went what went down with the poor I, you know, I saw it on your brother's Facebook page. Lawrence had it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I saw it on that page and I, I was like really surprised, but then it does, it makes sense to me because it's a lot of pressure put on these tennis players and athletes in general, particularly when it's not like a team sport, you're on your own out there on the court. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, everybody's your competitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So give me a yes or no in the chat. Uh, give me a yes or no. If you are aware of what happened with Naomi Osaka, uh, if you even know who Naomi Osaka is, um, I, I'll give you the breakdown real quick and then we'll, we'll kind of break it down. We'll discuss it further because, you know, Alicia happens to be a licensed therapist and a full professor of social work. And so uh, therapy is your thing. Right? It is my it is my thing. Yes, it is I her thing. A, I've been a, wait, I've been a licensed therapist for 18 years. Have you really? 18 whole years. Dang. <laughs> my, my license is an adult now. <laughs> is, that, is that why you chose to marry a crazy black man? <laughs> 
that's, oh, that's so funny. That's what happens. Am I, am I patient zero? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a therapist's dream. <laughs> yeah. Marry your ideal client. <laughs> I'm the ultimate challenge. Crazy and stubborn. So I'm committed to my brand of crazy. That's oh, what, that is hilarious. But anyway, so uh, hit the thumbs up button. Let me read some of this to you, and let me tell you guys what's going on. So according to ESPN, Naomi Osaka has withdrawn from the French Open, announcing Monday on social media that she would take some time away from the court one day after she was fined and threatened with harsher sanctions for skipping her mandatory media obligations. Osaka, in a lengthy statement, says she never wanted to be a distraction and that her withdrawal is, quote, the best thing for the tournament, the other players, and my well-being, end quote. Quote, I think now it's the best thing for the tournament. Um, and then she said, now I think the best thing for the tournament, the other players, and my well-being is that I withdraw so that everyone can get back to focusing on the tennis going on in Paris, Osaka wrote. I never wanted to be a distraction. I accept that my timing was not ideal and message could have been cleaner. So Gilles Moraton, the president of the French Tennis Federation, wrote a brief statement to the media on Monday following Osaka's withdrawal, but did not take any follow-up questions. I'm not going to read his statement. Just imagine a white man kind of being very polite and politely saying, like, <laughs> good luck with your life. That's pretty much what it is, right? I, I mean, I don't know. Wait, well, it, anyway, so <laughs> Osaka, who's 23, also revealed that she's experienced depression and anxiety mm -hmm. since winning her first major at the 2018 U.S. Open. She's since winning the first major. That's kind of interesting. And explained that speaking to the media often makes her nervous. She apologized to any media members she had impacted with her decision. Quote, I am not a natural public speaker mm -hmm. and get huge waves of, of anxiety before I speak to the world's media, she said. I get really nervous and find it stressful to always try and engage and give the best answers I can. Uh, so, Dr. Alicia, what say you about what I just read to you? Well, first of all, I think that the, is it the U.S. Open? Is that no, not the U.S. Open? What tennis tournament is this? I think it was the French Open. The French yes. Open. Yeah, I think it's the I French really, Open. I think that the French Open and other tournaments need to reconsider their policy on mandatory speaking in front of people. Mm -hmm. You know, I think they need to like reconsider. Like, if you must speak, you know, to the public or you must speak to the media. I think they should change that. You well, know. Just taking into consideration that people may not feel like talking right now, you know. Interesting. Okay. okay. You know, I think that I think they should be a little more sensitive to you know having cameras in your face. And have you ever seen those press conferences? It's not the most pleasant situation. People are like drilling you with questions and challenging what you say and bringing up stuff from before and asking you really intimidating questions and. I think it's probably very vicious and she just becomes very intimidated by that. Interesting. Well, yeah. you know, um, I can see that too. Um, but you know, at the same time though, it, it, I don't know. Well, let's talk about where she is. And this is an interesting conversation that kind mm -hmm. of blends. Well, that's immediately it, it, what came to my mind. Well, that it, I think they need to be a little more polite mm. to the athletes. I think so too. I think so too. Mm -hmm. well, you know, and I, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a couple of, um, uh, I'll give you a couple of perspectives on that. Um, but one thing I can tell you guys is that Naomi Osaka is paid. Uh, this year, she made a record setting. Naomi Osaka set a record by making $55 million in one year. And I think only 10% of that money came from tennis. 5.2 million came from prize money. And 50 million, 50 mm -hmm. came from off the court, I guess, endorsements and things like that. Oh, uh, that's pretty impressive. I mean, look at her. She is absolutely beautiful. I mean, not only is she rich, is she young, is she pretty, is she talented? 
you know, she's got a lot going for her. And I have heard her speak and she's very articulate. I like how she, did you remember when she spoke out against Black Lives? I mean, in police favor shootings. of Black Lives Matter and yeah. police shootings. And so she's very politically conscious. And I'm almost certain that, that tennis is a very, um, it's very, it's dominated by whiteness. Yeah. So I know they feel threatened by some of her comments. And she's like, you know, she's black. Well, Even she, though she's, she's, she mixed, she's half Japanese, half Japanese, half, yeah. half Asian, half black, but she definitely embraces her blackness. Yeah, I think, and that, I think that's great. Yeah, I think that she um, was also mentioning something about how Japanese people haven't been real nice to her. No, they haven't. And that's kind of, I guess, because they have a homogeneous population. They just kind of think anybody who's not Japanese is not important. Well, you know, in a couple of years, I think Japanese, they're not replacing themselves. Well, I think there's more Japanese yeah. people dying off than they're actually yeah. giving birth. So, yeah, you know, and they got well, a problem on their hands. Yeah, and China has a problem. But China, the United States, Japan, and a lot of Europe have a problem with their population getting older. So China just recently, this week, actually changed their uh, policy. Mm-hmm. Where you, before they said you had one child, you could have one child. Now they said you have three. Oh, three. Yeah, so like in about 50 Whoa. years, the whole world's going to be Chinese. Like, they're going to be <laughs> everywhere. Like, there's already like 1.5 billion of them. Like, imagine <laughs> they all getting up having babies and stuff. It's going to be crazy. But yeah, I, but I, I, yeah, so I think that with the Japanese, you know, to hell with them. But I like, I like the, you know, I like the fact that don't Naomi is using her platform, you know, in a positive mm-hmm. way. And she's, she seems like a good person. I, I don't know. I think, was it her or was it somebody else where, she, I think it was her that beat Serena. Get, y'all give me a yeah, yes or no if I'm right. right. You know, but she beat Serena. And remember, she like was embarrassed and she started crying yes. because everybody was cheering for Serena and people were pissed because Serena didn't win. And she was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't win. Yes. Mean. What? I mean, that speech was so authentic. It made yeah. me really love her. And then Serena was like, no, no, no. You really enjoyed Like, the love they gave each other. It was so nice to see two Black women mm-hmm. giving each other so much love on the court like that. Oh, my God. I even think I kind of cried a little when I saw it. I was like, oh, look how sweet that is. I mean, really. I teared mm-hmm. up. Yeah, that was, it was nice. nice to see. Now, that is a threat to whiteness. Yes, it is. Because you definitely don't see two white people doing that to each other on the court. No, they that don't. Mean, you they, know they, they, get, they used to get <laughs> Serena like scowls. Oh, like. gosh. They didn't. But that tells us that tennis is probably very racist. The fact that they love each other that much because they they look at they look at each other and they understand what they've been through. What the mm. other person has been through because they've been through it. And I'm sure Serena's been through it more than... Any, oh, no, wait. Venus. Venus was the first. So I'm sure she's been through it worst. Well, she's put yeah. her opponents through it. That's for sure. Yeah, she she knows how to kill, kick their ass. So it's, that's to They're me. To me, to me, honestly, I think a black, you know, black excellence like allows you to dominate white supremacy. You know, and ironically, but the mm-hmm. weirdest thing, to be honest with you, the first person I heard that from was Oprah twenty years ago, and I, it made me mad. What did she say? It, it got on my nerves. She said black excellence is the answer to white supremacy or the answer, best answer to racism, right? And I didn't like it because I felt like you're basically, you know, you're just speaking as a rich person who's out of touch. <laughs> And, you know, and then, you know, but because, you know, I've seen people that were just excellent at what they do, like Serena does her best. You know, I know black people that are in this chat, they go out and kick butt and work hard and take names and take care of their family and invest their money and make good decisions. And they do win. They do better than a lot of the black people in in here. Right. Seriously, like I could do a survey. Like, watch this. How many of y'all right now are doing better than white people? How many of you are doing better than most of your white friends? Like maybe financially, <laughs> you have better relationship. 
you're healthier, you're happier, like your life is better. Like get everybody in here, give me a yes if you are doing better than most of the white people. You know, look at that. There's Brian Keith and TM and and uh let's see here. Uh, uh Brian says you're where you're amazing together. I think so too. Uh okay. Timothy Muhammad and Dexter Shing Long. Uh Jacane says Jacane says my voice sounds deeper. Does my voice sound deeper? Well, you just talking? woke up from your nap. Am I trying to impress <laughs> my woman with my deep voice? I'm trying to be very white with it. What do what do y'all think? <laughs> oh my god look at that that was good i know look i got i gotta i gotta show out for my woman you you gotta uh the face for radio i know <laughs> isn't that what they say it's i'm flexing funny. flexing with my my throat no, you, got a, you got a good voice for radio you think so i don't think so you got a good face for radio too oh well thank you good face for radio <laughs> <laughs> okay wait 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 wait. oh good i got it so radio see that's what happens you're so smart you insulted me I didn't even <laughs> and you know didn't it. even figure it out but <laughs> But yeah, but you know what? Venus and Serena had an excellent father. I mean, their father was powerful in their life. Mm -hmm. Remember that video where the white guy is interviewing the young Serena or was it the young Venus? And he's asking her all these questions like, how do you have all that confidence? And he comes out. Remember, he comes out of the camera. He's like, wait Mm -hmm. a minute. You don't ask my daughter that question. And he kind of like stands up for her like yeah. don't ask you know that thing we've watched it together several times i love when that video comes up on my social media feed and i stop and watch it every single time because mm-hmm. that lets you know what happens in that household like they get a lot of boost of confidence because they definitely not going to get it on the tennis court i imagine their environment is very hostile to black people mm-hmm. in the tennis world well yeah <laughs> confidence is everything like if you have confidence if you really are confident or you raise your kids to be confident they're not going to be they're not going to care if some white person is jealous or says a nasty thing. Like They're just going to look right past it. I think it's like a lack of confidence that causes you to react right, to everything a white person says. Like yeah. that's a, People don't know that that's a type of white supremacy because you're, you're giving their words all this power. Like you're giving them yeah. all this well, significance. Like, oh, when you talk, it hurts my feelings. It makes me sad. So I can't compete with you anymore. Like I'm supposed to be trying to compete with you. I'm supposed yeah. to defeat you in tennis or whatever. But because you, you called me a name, now yeah. I'm not gonna try. I'm gonna sit in the corner and cry and give up and walk away and say they were they were mean to me. Well, the thing is that that's why you need a really good strong support system. So like I shoot, I've been in white spaces where things were not. I sat at tables in white spaces where it was very uncomfortable and people were mean to me and I never let them see me cry, but I had a good support system. I go home, I talk to my mom on the phone, I talk to my friends and they would pat me up and everything, but um, it's so important to have that. And so Mm -hmm. that's what I hope for this um, Naomi. Is that her name? That's what I hope for Naomi Osaka. I hope so too. I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I think that also, I wonder if her identity issues, play the part you know because sometimes when you have people that are mixed they kind of feel they don't feel accepted by either group and you know and i know that she's rejected by the japanese and she probably got a hard time from some black people too you know and i wonder if that affected her her confidence i don't know but maybe we're we're speculating right yeah we don't know but i mean it's always possible and i mean i I would even imagine that she probably had like panic attacks Mm -hmm. like i bet the oh just the thought of her having to go on she probably had like an anxiety attack or a panic attack and and just whoever was in her camp that supported her to say you know what just drop out of this tournament you don't have to do this tournament Mm -hmm. you know go home and work on your mental health and um and don't put yourself through all that torture like to have anxiety and depression like that it's like you're torturing yourself it's very painful thing to go through well uh everybody who's listening uh we're talking about naomi osaka and the fact that she revealed she has anxiety and depression despite the fact 
that she just set a record by making $55 million uh, last year. Uh, 52, 5.2 million of the money that Naomi Osaka made uh, came from tennis. The rest came from endorsements, which uh, that, that, that brings up the finest professor in me. Uh, if everybody's, everybody who's listening, please hit the thumbs up button, hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. Uh, let's see. Mugabe asked, why are you, why are you talking about black issues? Because I'm black, you big dummy. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> he was coming in with why are black people intelligent, talking about black issues? Right, intelligent black people only, please, please. Uh-huh. Like, like the dummies just please leave. Cause you're going to, you're going to make us mad. Anyway, there's Alicia's uh, website. She does therapy. You can go to coaching DrAlicia.com. She coaches couples. I don't know if you have room for clients or not, but if people want, are interested, I got. I have some room, but they mm-hmm. always fill up pretty quickly. Yeah. So yeah, you stay pretty. You <laughs> I don't want to overwhelm myself. I try to like make sure I have like the right amount where I can give everybody all of my attention and mm. do a good job because well, that's important. Because I'm a Watkins. I'm carrying a Watkins name now. Mm. So I, I'm gonna make that's you proud. Right. That's right. <laughs> don't you embarrass the family name, Doctor <laughs> Watkins. Do my best, Doctor Watkins. Doctor Watkins. I ain't never called. I don't think my sister is Doctor Watkins. Yeah, so your I, sister is yeah, too. Yeah, so my wife and my sister are both Doctor Watkins. How about that? So we go somewhere and someone says Doctor Watkins. We can walk. We all turn around. We all like, yes. turn. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so anyway, so here's yeah. here's um here's one more thing I wanted to bring up on this too. I think that the fact that Naomi Osaka made all this money, right, would lead a lot of people to jump out here and say, you know, how can you make fifty five million dollars and be depressed? You know, like why? What do you have to be sad about? You make fifty five. Fifty five million is more than a million dollars a week, and there's a lot of people who don't understand how you can make all that money. You know, or like when you see a bill, like the, the son of a billionaire who's like sad and sad. depressed. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> what, what are you have to be depressed about? You ain't got no real problems. <laughs> but but I, I obviously that's not the case. So what? Yeah. As an expert on mental health, like what would you say to somebody who said that? Who said, wait, you made all this money? Like how can? What do you have to be sad about? Well, you know, there's a curvilinear relationship between money and happiness. Curvilinear, okay. Curvilinear. So, I mean, if you don't have any money at all, your happiness is like really low Mm. for most people. Right. Some people can be happy with little or nothing. But um, I think it goes up to like $50,000 or something like that. And then you you peak at happiness. So Mm. the more money you make, actually your happiness can go down. Because oh, more, so it could actually be like a full curve. It's like a where, curvilinear where, where relationship. Get, so, like Diddy used to say, "More money, more problems." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I mm. mean, think about all the pressure that's put on her. She's the highest paid athlete. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure everybody wants her. Everybody's gunning for her. I bet everything she says is scrutinized. Yes. And that's a lot of pressure for 23. For a 23, and she's been in the limelight for a long time. So yeah. I couldn't even imagine. And just everything you do, everywhere you go, can you imagine there's probably cameras in her face taking pictures? And- she can't have normal developmental experiences. Like, she can't just date some dude and, and have a bad relationship, do some crazy stuff, key up his car. <laughs> she can't you know, do any of that. Like, we that, all know that'll... about it. Right, right. Okay, yeah. okay. And, I mean, I played tennis. I haven't played. I don't play tennis professionally. You but play I have played. Oh, yeah. I was in the tennis. Um, I remember you played the flute. You played I did tennis. play the flute, but I was in the tennis club in wow. high school. Wow. And, and it, I did it, play wait, in some hold tournaments. On, uh, hold on. I'm trying, to me- <laughs> I'm trying to meditate on the image of you in a cute little tennis outfit. Oh, trust me. Back then, I did not look cute in the no, tennis you outfid. Better, you better <laughs> look, you better outfit. I did not look. You better I looked rough and stuff. But um, we, I used to play yeah. at Wirt High School. At Wirt High School, down the street from where my mom lives. Like uh-huh. two houses down from my mom's house. Oh, okay. By Wirt High School. And so I used to go there and and the math teacher, she played Miss Knight. I think that's her name, Miss Knight. She was a tennis instructor. And so I was on a tennis. And I actually played in some tournaments. And I will say, 
it, it now wow. we can't compare like my experience to what it's like professional tennis but it's a mind game mm. so it was like when you, if your mind is in it you can actually do pretty well but it's it's draining mentally to play tennis like that because you have to concentrate so long and you have to really be in it psychologically oh so you, so you think that might take a toll on naomi it's, it how can it not mm, that's so true how can it yeah not? yeah you know it's funny it's uh, so, so somebody said that we're we're doing this is bougie boule talk. Oh, it sure so is. You, I was so in clearly, the tennis club. Clearly, because you play <laughs> because you played tennis and made good grades in school, you must have had a silver spoon in your mouth. You you were you had to be a rich girl, right? Because of course they go <laughs> they go make that whole Cinderella narrative up because you light skin like they act like light skin girls can't be poor. So where let's ask. So Dr. Alicia Watkins, yes. did you grow up rich and bougie? Did you grow up like Hillary Banks from The Fresh Prince? What was your? No, oh, stop. No, I mean. My family was very educated, but how come we were so educated? We didn't have that much money. <laughs> I wish we had more money. I know all the education it, we had. What yeah. was wrong with them? Yeah, you grew up in the hood. You lived in the murder capital of America at the at Gary. Gary and Gary, there. yeah, yeah. And they um they went to the championship with Glenn Robinson, and the team was called the Ghetto Boys. They were called the Ghetto Boys. It was how interesting is that that we had Willie D in our wedding, and I grew up. And listening to that, listening to me in 10th grade, I was in the 10th grade when My Mind's Playing Tricks on Me came out. That was like the best song, my favorite song that year. Yeah, yeah. When when Willie came up to speak at the wedding, I told everybody in the audience to start going. Yeah, they did. And they did. That was that was funny. And he just ate it up. He said. He said he loved. He, I said, "Do you get tired of hearing that song?" He said, "No, because that's what makes me money." <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I said, "Good for you, black He's man. He's got the right attitude. Get your money, man. Get your money. But, but yeah, anyway. but yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's um, um, yeah. So so okay. So you grew up kind of like in the hood space, and and I well, think, I was pretty I think sheltered. I mean, to be to grow up in Gary, I was pretty sheltered. Yeah, yeah. You, you were know? sheltered, but you weren't rich, right? And I think that that's. A, I think that's. A, I think I that's wasn't, an, I wasn't rich, but like my parents, like my family, they didn't spend money on car, nice cars and nice clothes. They spent money on private school. Mm, so I did go to private school. Right. Yeah. You know, they, we just weren't very materialistic. Well, your mom worked at the private school, right? And yeah, she worked. She was a school teacher so it wasn't there. Like they, it wasn't like they, I think it's, a, I mean, I want to make that clear because, yeah, yeah. You know, because like, remember, you got the light-skinned girl privilege, right? So people <laughs> will look at a light-skinned black person and really be thinking like, oh, you never knew what it was like. Oh, you, It was never hard for you. And it's like, no. Oh, no. I live like, in I know a little how, tiny I know house. how you came up. I know how much, you know, money. I know how little money we have. And I think that's important, though, to kind of know, like, you can can shelter your kids without being rich like you don't have to be rich to shelter them mm-hmm. you just got to protect them you got to love them you got to educate them so even yeah. though your mom was not a rich person oh no she we, made you wealthy because we she shopped in the generic food aisle <laughs> right she kept you she kept you in the library and i think that that's yeah, important yeah. for all the parents that are listening like if you have kids and you want them to be successful you know like maybe not keep them in the library but keep them in the space where they're learning they got to be learning because a lot of our kids out here are learning a bunch of stupid stuff like they're learning how to twerk and can't even read how you gonna how you know how to twerk like like you know twerk moves that i don't know i have a phd but yet you haven't learned how to read and you're 15 years old like that's a problem like a challenge in our community we got to get better you know so anyway so with naomi yeah um, so let's get back to naomi osaka and the money i think that what what this really says to me is a lot of people think, you know, you talk about the curvilinear, mm-hmm. meaning like almost like a, um, like a arch. It peaks that, to a certain okay. income, uh, to a certain level, and then the more money you have, 
actually, you know, it's more likely that your happiness will go down because at some point you're satiated with money. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing else money can really give you. Mm. I mean, $55 million versus $60 million. That's not a big difference at that level where, you know, there's other factors that come in. It's the people around you. It's the support system that you have. You know, it's the thoughts going through your head, you know, which causes a lot of the anxiety and depression. Mm. And yeah. um, I feel sorry for her. Yeah, me too. Well, but I don't no. feel too sorry. I'm not I gonna, do feel sorry I don't, for I don't, her. Well, you know, it's kind of like you sign up for the life that you want, right? Like, she could always quit tennis. The girl made $55 million. She don't. She ain't got to work again, right? But she keeps playing because she wants to be in that space. So, well, if you, she's probably playing because it's, it brings her joy, and right. she probably enjoys it, and then it was getting to be too much. Well, remember, she, could, she could also be like a tennis coach. She could play for, yeah. you know, for, for fun on the side. Like, she doesn't have to go pay, play in the French Open and the U.S. Open. Well, you know, I really wonder what her endorsements, because I wonder when you sign that contract to get endorsements, I really wonder if they want you to play in those tournaments so you can promote their brand. You so to. I wonder if like those endorsements are coming down on her now yeah. because she quit. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, you can always remember probably. you can always get the money back or right? she ain't got to do nothing. That's she true, can literally yeah. take what she's got and just be done and walk away. Oh, let me tell you, if she was my baby. If my if I had a baby. And always my baby, no matter how old they are. But if I had a child and I was the mom of a child who was under a great deal of pressure and they made millions of dollars and they came home and they were troubled or having mental health issues or sad and depressed, I would say shut it down. Mm. I don't care how much money. Get that money back. Do whatever you can. My baby going to be okay. Like I would I would want my child to focus on their happiness and their contentment mm-hmm. and you know the thoughts that are probably going through her head about her crippling fear of being in front of the press and I would try to help her in that way. If it was my child, I would mm. tell them to do exactly what she did. Yeah, well you know there's a psychological adjustment that always comes I think when mm-hmm. you are trying to please the public and dealing with that. And I think the older you are, the better you can deal with it. You yeah. know, um, I mean, you know, I, I've never dealt with the level of pressure of Naomi Osaka deals with, but I deal with, you know, I see stuff, you know, I, I'm, you know, I've been in public and had people, you know, just try to throw jabs or whatever. And, you, you know, you learn how to ignore them. And oh, you handled but, it with such grace. Well, I know well, I learned how to handle, I started learning how to handle it when I was 25, you know, because mm-hmm. I used to um, do public stuff even back then. I was, oh, but it was only on my campus, but everybody knew me and people would just, you know, things would happen. And I think it takes practice learning that. And you need a good mentor that can kind of talk through it like tiger woods father um talked him through how he could deal with the pressure that he was yeah. when he first came out there yeah and his, his father was like just put the ball in the hole like if you put the ball in the hole then everything's oh, gonna be fine and tiger woods is another um multi-race person he's asian oh, and asian African, and black asian yeah. and black wow that's interesting and he kind of fell apart so it's just you just kind of wonder What's happening there? You Something unique so, about it. Well, you know, in the Asian culture, like they have those tiger moms, and they they, yeah. they seem to have these really like solid, strict standards in terms of how you carry yourself, like excellence. Well, is telling this is telling us that their children are not actually a, responding well to that type of some thing. Some of their children. Uh yeah, some of their kids. Well, definitely, we got two here. Well, remember it's an example well, of how remember, they're not dealing with the pressure very well. Yeah, yeah, and you know, in Japan, like they they have weird stuff where people will just kill themselves if they embarrass the family and yeah, all that. So that's like a depression, mental health kind of thing. So I I wonder if we're onto something if that if it's, if it could yeah. be partly like that Japanese side that gave her the, that that helped to give her some of the excellence 
that not well, all no, what? it's black excellence. Excuse she, me. Right, right. She's black excellence. Okay, too, thank right? you we, very we, much. Right, we know that. We know that, right? <laughs> it's the black we know part. we know that, you know, but but okay. it's like but but seriously like I, I didn't the discipline. Know. The right. discipline and stuff. Yeah, right, that's right. traditionally an Asian sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Traditionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean they you know, like you just hear those stories and I don't know if the stereotypes are true, but you hear those stories about the tiger moms who just well, have Put you that pra- pressure on practice the kids. on the piano yeah. until you are perfect at it at the age of ten, mm-hmm. and I and and there are some black parents that do that with their kids. I don't know if that's like the dominant culture though. I think, or maybe it's, it's the dominant culture for us when it comes to like basketball and football. We have excellent basketball players, football players, and maybe even rappers, right? But I don't, I don't see that as much. I'm not saying it's not out there. We know it's out there. Like you have Richard Williams and stuff like, that, and Tiger Woods' father, but in, you know things like tennis or even academics. You know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I I didn't know a lot of black people when I was in college and I was studying. You know, eight, six seven hours a day. I didn't have a lot of black friends that were doing that with me. You know, they just didn't, they wanted to go to the step shows and, and all this other stuff. And I was like, no, I want to compete, you know, and I got, so I had to find my own process, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but the thing is, you're right. When you are pushing for that level of excellence, I think there can be, an, you have to have your mental health, right? Because what can happen is you can, your view can become distorted yeah. where, you, where you're aiming for a level 10. And when you hit a level mm-hmm. nine, you're like, I'm a failure, but you're well, not a failure. Well, the thing is, to be good at tennis, to be the best at tennis, you have to always focus on your mistakes and how you can fix it. Here's yeah. a mistake, and I need to fix this. You know, so it's almost like you, you strive for this perfection, this level of perfection that you're human and you can't be perfect. So, you know, and you you can't mm. never strive to perfection and how you deal with failures. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a good point. Well, you know, um, another thing about money, um, is, oh. is is when you're talking about that curvilinear or that uh, arch shaped connection between money and happiness and how your money makes you really happy at first when you get a little bit and then mm-hmm. you kind of level off and you start going down. I it, actually in, in economics, what they what they have is what they call a concave function, which mm-hmm. is a little bit like curvilinear, but it doesn't actually go down. What it does is it, it keeps going up, but the amount that it goes up, like that extra dollar, like when you go from making you know, 10,000 to 20,000, your happiness goes way up. Mm-hmm. But when you go from making like 1 million to 1 million plus 10,000, your, your happiness goes up only a little bit. Cause you are at it. all, if at all, right. Very right. incremental. It can get flat. Yeah. 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 And that's really true. They, they call that the law of diminishing returns, Dimin- yes. diminishing yeah. marginal utility. And so you basically are getting like that amount of happiness you get from a little more money is going down. So I think with uh, Naomi, and I think this is really true for anybody, like a lot of people in here, let me ask everybody in this, in this room, give me a yes or no. If you see yourself as a wealth builder, type yes in the chat. If you are a wealth builder, uh, if you either have built wealth or you're aiming to build wealth and you're doing it consistently, put a yes in the chat, all the wealth builders in the building, shout yourselves out. Um, I bring this up because a lot of people live, people who, who've never had any money, live under this false idea that having money is just going to magically make you happy. And, uh, and what I can really say is that, (laughs) you know, you get to a point where you're like, okay, yeah, I can buy that car. I can buy that car. I can buy that house. I can Mm -hmm. buy that, you know, I can buy that Gucci belt and it wouldn't set me back, but that don't make you happy. That material Mm -hmm. stuff that people, people that don't have it. Like when I didn't have it, I thought, Ooh, if I get a bunch of money, I'm going to be so happy. And then you get some money and you're like, dang, I'm not, you know, this ain't doing it. You know, so the money is like a tool. It gives you the opportunity to pursue happiness a little bit better. You know, when we were talking to Taylor, our 10-year-old, about inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, Mm -hmm. I told her, I said, financial security allows you to pursue happiness, but it does not give you happiness. It only gives you the opportunity to pursue it. 
Well, if you don't have your mind right and you don't have your situation right, you get money and all you're going to do is more stupid stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you were doing stupid stuff, but at a small scale, and you get money and you do stupid stuff at a big scale, you know? Well, so it's like you have to get right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, you, if, you, if you're a broke asshole, you're going to be, just become a rich, like asshole. a rich asshole. <laughs> you're going to be a big, gigantic <laughs> asshole. Yeah. That is so true. Yeah. And I, it's like, and I mean, you know, and I was talking to Taylor about that. I was like, no, like happiness means you have to have knowledge yourself. First of all, I, in my view, this is my armchair analysis of happiness. And maybe you can give me your take on it because you are the mental health expert. But uh, I thought a lot about happiness because I wasn't happy when I was younger. I had to learn how to be happy. And I said, not happiness. I told Taylor, um, our 10 year old, I said, happiness comes in three forms, right? To me, first knowledge yourself. Mm-hmm. What makes you happy? Most people don't even know what make what makes them happy because they're too busy following the crowd. They're too busy trying to keep up with the Joneses, mm-hmm. trying to follow trends, trying to do what everybody else is doing. So they haven't even taken the time to maybe meditate or spend time alone to even figure out what makes you happy. Two is um, you got to find out where the happiness is. So if you figure out something that's going to make you happy, you got to find out, okay, where do I go? Like, do, does that mean I have to move to a different physical location? Do I have to change my life in a certain way, certain kind mm-hmm. of relationship, whatever? And then you have to have the ability to pursue the happiness. And that's why I told her about financial security. I said, you want to be financially secure because most people I know don't like their jobs. And, you know, and I said, and, and they, they, the reason they're unhappy in many cases is because of racism and discrimination and, and microaggression, everything we deal with at work, that's directly linked to mental health issues and depression and sadness in black people. Right. Mm-hmm. So I said, a lot of them can't pursue happiness because they have to go to work. And unless mm-hmm. unless you're lucky enough that happiness is at your job, okay, you know. So so I said mm-hmm. so I told her financial security gives you the opportunity to pursue happiness because you don't have to waste your time doing things that are going to make you unhappy. You can f- do whatever you want that's going to make you happy. Money does not get in the way. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty cool model for happiness. I don't know what do you think. Yeah, I think that's a great model. And what I tell a lot of my um, clients that I work with, I don't really use the t- the word happy a lot mm, because okay. it, you can't ever be happy all the time. What I try to tell them is that, you know, when I, it's funny because when I talk to them, I say, how content are you? <laughs> I use the word content. So what's the difference between being content and being happy? Content means just being okay with where you are mm, okay. because so many people strive for happiness. You can't be happy all the time. You mm. know, it's impossible. You're going to be happy. You're going to be sad. You're going to be scared. You're going to be joyous. You're going to have all these things. Happiness is something that's going to ebb and flow. Mm. But through it all, how you rise above it is just be content. You know, be content with whatever you feel. So that's what I tell a lot of my clients. Okay, so you had a bad day and you're feeling kind of sad. You're supposed to be sad when sad things happen. You know, it, it can't it shouldn't stay with you. If it stays with you, then that's depression. But sadness, there's nothing wrong. There are so many people who are just afraid of emotions, you know. And so I try to talk to clients about just being content. Be content with where you are, whether you have five dollars in your pocket or whether you have fifty dollars in your pocket or a thousand dollars in your pocket. Be content. And that was something that was instilled upon me as a child because I didn't have a lot of material things. I had a lot of love. As a child, I grew up with a lot of love and a lot and of guidance. A lot of, uh, sort I mean, of, a lot of guidance. Good, yeah, good guidance. In terms I have of pretty good, good examples. Good, I mean, yeah, your dad was a was, college professor like me. Yeah, he was a college and professor. Your, your so I, we were doing teacher, pretty so okay. Good. But uh, my mom was a school teacher. But I, you know, what was um, stressed upon me was just just be content with what you have. 
you know, and not say, oh, if I get this, then I'm going to be happy. So you're just waiting around for this to happen to be happy. But but just just having that basic level of it's okay, you know, okay, we're shopping in the generic food aisle, but that's okay because I have a lot of love and a lot of encouragement. I didn't eat a lot of fast food. I didn't eat a lot of junk food. That was good. I, I have a nice warm hug every, anytime I wanted, you know, growing up. So that was one thing that was it, materialism and being happy with things that are external to you. So my happiness or people's happiness shouldn't be contingent on what's happening on social media, what's happening outside of me. You should be content on the inside. And that's what mm. I work with my clients with because bad things are going to happen. Terrible things are going to always happen. That's a guarantee in life. You are guaranteed that something excellent will happen to you. You are guaranteed that something less than ideal will happen to you, but you have to be on the inside, very content, no matter what Mm. and go with the flow. Okay. Okay. I dig that. I like that. That's good stuff. That's good analysis. Mm -hmm. Well, that, okay. That's a good breakdown. Well, you know, I wish Naomi Osaka the best. Um, uh, I think that, you know, when you got 55 million that you made last year, you have a right to do whatever you want. And she had a right to step down. And now they have a right to pursue whatever consequences they want. Right. Yeah, like, so- she, and I think they should really they shouldn't come down on her heart. I mean, that's um, that's a, t- a mental health issue is almost mm. like you broke your ankle and you have to sit mm. out like they really should treat it like that. I personally feel I'm an advocate of having good mental health and not having to be in pain and suffer. Mm. Like you don't want somebody playing in your tennis tournament, tournament, tennis tournament. Can mm. I say that? Tennis tournament. You don't want someone playing in your tennis tournament, mm-hmm. you know, suffering like that unnecessarily. So, and it's crippling when you have to experience that it's very crippling. And so it right. should be treated like an injury. Well, I do. Agree. My brain is injured. Well, <laughs> I well, can't I, take it. Well, I do. I do agree, right? And I think the thing about being injured is that if you are injured, if they paid you money to play, you know, they might take that money back, right? Depending on the term. Like it's business is business too, right? Like if you, if I agree to do something and you pay me, you know, ten thousand dollars to paint your house, mm-hmm. and I say, well, I have, you know, I'm depressed today, and I, 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 I've been depressed. I can't paint your house. Then you have a right to say, well, okay, well, just give me my money back, mm-hmm. and you know, and it's all good, you know. Or but, it could but be I, something in your I, contract where if you get injured, you right, don't have right, to right, pay. I mean, right, 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 mm-hmm. right. That will be the question: what's in the contract? Yeah. But that's what I was thinking about too, like you know, because they, you know, when you're running a business, you know, you, you, you people, things happen. You know, people feel a certain way, but mm-hmm. it's like you know, there's money on the line, right? Like if somebody's gonna lose a bunch of money because someone's not feeling well. Well, you know, when I was, um, I, I'm not doing my private practice anymore, but when I was um, in that private practice, I got a lot of EAP clients, which is employee employment assistant assistance program. Oh, okay. So those are people who work at a certain place and they're saying that their mental health is being jeopardized in some way and it has an effect on their ability to perform their work. And so mm-hmm. I did a lot of, they don't give you like six or seven sessions with a therapist. And so I did a lot of EAP work, which, you know, I found to be very helpful for people. So mm. they have programs in place. Well, you, you um, know, you know that that's an interesting thing. And I remember one time, mm-hmm. let's see, I'll see, uh, Ciola says that Michelle Williams came out from Destiny's Child. She came out with a book about her struggle with anxiety and depression. And I remember one time you saying that anxiety and depression are connected. Like yeah. They go hand in hand. They're like the Q true. and the U in the <laughs> really? alphabet. You can't spell. Usually there, they go. Is through. there any word that's spelled with Q that doesn't have a U after it? 
I don't know, not many. Oh, okay. If any. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the thing is that um, a lot of black women have to struggle with anxiety and depression. And they, you know. Yeah, look at all the things we have to mm-hmm. put up with and go through. And we're this, you know, black women are the center of the family. Everything rests upon them mm-hmm. a lot, a lot That's of true. times. And, you know, they make sure that um, their husband is okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, please continue. What do you sorry. say? What did Nate say? Nate says the word quiet is spelled out of you. Quiet, yeah. Continue, but what you were saying. I said there's there. that many. What is a quiet? Like a quam quiet? Like know. that piece of fruit? We have to The Google real tangy it. fruit? We all got access to Google. I'm sure we'll all know the answer <laughs> to this question in 30 seconds. Okay, someone will say, what is a quiet? Yeah. I'm it sounds like a cuss word in another language. <laughs> quiet you, man. You quiet. <laughs> Get the quiet out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Quack your ass down. <laughs> that lady is a quiet. <laughs> oh, that sounds so nasty. Don't call me no quiet. I don't want to be called a Ooh, quiet. Oh, wait, here's one. You want some quiet? <laughs> <laughs> Cardi B. You want to come, uh, come get some quiet? <laughs> I don't think quiet's a word. No, quiet. It's, no, it's spelled. <laughs> no, it's, well, there's a word K H A T. I don't think quiet is. It's Q A T. Let me quiet. see here. Words with Q without the U. Q without U. Here we go. Hit the thumbs up button, by the way. We just clowned right now. Okay, so that's the word sync, C-I-N-Q. Oh, it Quaddy, Q-A-D-I. Quaid, Q-A-I-D. Quats. Oh, so quad is... So I guess quats, but it says plural quats, not, not quat. What does that mean, quats? Look, but actually there's 47 words, um, Q words without the U, according to WordFinder. Okay, well, I stand corrected. Well, the, but actually, some of the words, not all the words, start with Q, though. Oh, they end with Q. Yeah, like this word's like Kowali, K-W-Q-A-W-W-A-L-I. Uh, oh, it just has a Q and in it. And Kentar. And Tarikat, like Tariq Nasheed's name, Tarikat, T-A-R-I-Q-A-T. But it doesn't start with Q. Uh, Wait, qu- he's got that documentary out now. Yeah, but I want to see that movie. Yeah, we got to watch Butter. How yeah. can we see it? Um, I'm sure we can find it somewhere. We'll find it, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. I'll, I'll, I'll text Tariq and see if we can get a copy. Yeah, I'll text him. I wonder if have a copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I'd like to do a, um, a butt bacon screening at some point. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Tariq will. You got to bring back movie night. Put some money in his pocket. Yeah. Well, we can't do it digitally, though. Tariq doesn't want his movie shown digitally. No, I respect that. So what I'll do. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll probably grab that, it. I, that makes sense. I mean, you put all that effort into that movie. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, re- I'm really proud of his filmmaking because he makes... Um, you know, they're they're black movies and about black topics and, and I wanna see black people building and developing industry. What we really gotta do is train our kids to have businesses that can employ black people. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people have businesses where it's like one person who's making a lot of money but it's not something where there's a whole team, like there's 10, 20 people, you know? And so that's one of the things I'm proud of, like with Boyce Watkins Enterprises is that there's a lot of people that have benefited financially. And also we, um, we put so much money into Dr. Claude Anderson's uh, Powernomics Corporation and the Harvest Institute and mm-hmm. the things, you know, we, we, we have our foundation, the Boyce, Dr. Boyce and Alicia Watkins Foundation. Uh, we do have a foundation. Yes, we do. And, and we, and we don't, when are we, we going to dish out some money from our foundation? Well, we'll dish some more money out this year. We, this we, we, year? Wait. Well, we've already given money. You mean 2021? Yes. We're going to give money. Well, who do we give money to? Well, we I did give some money to um, King Randall School down in Georgia. We, I gave, Wait, we gave. did that come from the foundation? Uh-huh. Please. Yep. I didn't yeah. know that. I, mean, I didn't talk to you about it. Yeah. And also. We Wait, get, I'm the president of this foundation. And you're giving money away from the foundation. You didn't don't be me. pouring all our family business out <laughs> here 
you supposed to tell me? But yeah, yeah, and I gave some money to uh, we, uh what was it? Um, you the school Freedom Home Academy International oh, in Chicago. Yes, 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 I remember that. Now yeah. that I knew about. Yeah, yeah. There's some other schools out here I there's, want to help support. There's there's one in Louisville. Well, we got we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. Some anyway, there, there's so do. many other things to talk about. But yeah, so I think the bottom line is this. Um, uh, Chris Brownson said, "What about FDMG? I gave twenty five dollars, but that's Who's about, FDMG. That's that Umar Johnson school that um." lives in his imagination it's a school he's supposed to be building a school he's been anyway talk- he's been well, talking about it since we've the gotten 70s. off we've gotten off the topic and we want to talk about the q and the u which is anxiety and depression mm-hmm. and i would say about 95 percent of the clients that came to me um had symptoms of anxiety and depression so it is super common and i know it can be very crippling and especially the anxiety piece, when it's time for you to speak in front of millions of people and everybody's dissecting and hanging on every word and you can get in your head, you know, you can, I'm sure she probably um, was probably thinking, oh gosh, if I say the wrong thing, if I do the wrong thing, it's going to be scrutinized. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think that's unfortunate. I mean, and she I- probably doesn't feel like she can, you know, measure up in some way. And so hopefully she gets some sort of dialogue and someone will talk to her about that and mm-hmm. fix it yeah let's hope so let's hope so so anyway all right so uh we talked about naomi osaka and she made 55 million dollars and she's uh struggling with anxiety and depression and i think the more the story is to think that you have all this money coming in um that's not gonna make you happy and i think it's important to learn how to find your happiness and i hope she finds it i really do oh, and i, and I hope everybody will. in this chat finds their happiness you know um you know and it's not and i didn't want to talk about this topic from a, a gossipy standpoint to talk about this person's life i think talking about it just from a mental health standpoint is important because black folks have to work on their mental health you know a lot of y'all a lot of y'all up in here so you know like you see some of the crazy trolls coming through are there trolls in here? Well, there's always trolls. There's some trolls in the chat. There's yeah, there's trolls, trolls in, in the, the chat. chat. Hey, <laughs> there's up? some trolls in this house. What? What? what, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just, I just think that it's like, like you know, there's so many people in our community that are just struggling mentally. Yeah, you, know? you have to be pretty depressed to be a stro- a troll, a stroll, <laughs> to be a troll. Because what it does is that you're taking time out of your joyous life. To come on and just troll things. It's like, I've, it's got to come from a place of just misery in your life. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, to want to be so hateful online. So, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, very, pretty, it's pretty terrible. Well, you know, that's the thing. Like, a lot of times when people are mad at you, they're not really, it seems like they're not mad at you. They're mad at something else. They're mad at their life. They're mad at yeah, their Yeah, something's not quite right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, even, even, um, I think Steve Harvey actually said something that was, I think it's generally true that you rarely get hated on by somebody doing better than you. Like, if they're doing good oh, and their life's life. So, you think happy, it's like extension of jealousy and our in it's it's, it's all of that it's like yeah i'm pissed off that i don't have what you have or i hate whatever. the world and so i hate you like yes like you're happy and i should i wish i was happy so i'm, gonna, I'm not i'm, I'm gonna never. piss on your happiness so that you'll be miserable like me and then i feel like we're even and you know it's the sad part about it is that they don't piss on our happiness like our <laughs> happiness is not contingent on what other people think well you gotta but you gotta have an umbrella <laughs> piss on our happiness yeah is is it raining or anyway right. yeah so it doesn't the thing is that it falls flat 
it falls flat. So it's not really achieving what you want it to achieve. And it, it it's just going to perpetuate your own sadness because it ain't going to work. Well, I just want people, I want black folks to be happy. You know, like I think it's almost like um when a relationship ends, if you really are sitting around wishing unhappiness on your ex, that usually, it does more to you. <laughs> right. It does more to you than to them. And also, it usually means that you haven't moved on. You haven't found happiness. Like, no, you it, haven't moved on. Yeah, like have if, you, you? if you've moved on and you've truly found happiness and somebody comes up to you and says that your ex got married, if you're really happy, you're going to be happy for it. You're going to say, yeah. oh, that's great. Good oh, me? Them. I'd be like, who? I don't even remember that person. <laughs> right, right. Like, well, oh, or, good for that. Or I, or I would be like, oh, good. She found somebody that's a good fit for her, right? Oh, yes. You and know? You're just, you're just... Yeah, but if you're like mad and unhappy and you're like, oh, I hope that they're wedding. Controlling people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like it's like, you know, so I think in general in the community, mental health needs to be really um, kind of an important thing because you can't. it's hard to have wealth mm-hmm. to build it and protect it and do the right things with it if your mental health ain't right. Like, mm-hmm. if you're crazy and you get a whole bunch of money, you're going to do crazy things with your money. Right. You're going to spend, like, the, when they say, uh, what they say, um, health is health is wealth because if you don't take care of your health mentally and physically, if you don't take care of your health, you'll lose all your wealth trying to get your health back, right? Yeah. So if, if I am mentally, un- let's say I'm mentally unhealthy and I don't address that and I get a drug addiction, right? Well, that's and, what happens. Right, and so, so check it out, right? Mm-hmm. So I, suddenly somebody gives me $10 million. Y'all tell me, answer me in the chat. If I'm a drug addict and somebody suddenly gives me $10 million, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with that money? Y'all tell me. happy getting your drugs. Right. Exactly. Because I'm going to (laughs) think, oh, my happiness is now I can buy all the cocaine I need. Right. And, and that, you know, so, so when you're not right and balanced mentally, you get a bunch of money and you either throw it all away, you spend it on the wrong stuff, or you maybe use it to harm other people. You know, so so having that mental health right is extremely important. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was just thinking about what you're saying. Like some people have money and, you know, they're so sad and they don't sometimes they don't feel like they are worthy. They use their money to kind of buy other people's affection. Oh, what do you mean? Like it's almost like um they see somebody, um, they want to impress somebody. And mm. so they'll use their money to just kind of buy the approval of other people around them. Mm. And sometimes that happens. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't need, I don't, I don't really care about people knowing anything. I, I'm going to tell you all a little secret. If you ever get a lot of money, don't really tell a lot of people about it. Yeah. Because, because they'll be coming to you. Yeah. That'll bring a lot of problems and it, it attracts a lot of crazy. So that's another thing Naomi's maybe dealing with is that, you know, you have more money, you attract mm-hmm. a certain element of people. And, <laughs> Hey boys, I, I, I remember that you. I worked for you a few years ago. I made that financial anxiety workbook. Mm, when are did. we gonna launch that? I don't know. We'll put it out there at some point. I've spent a lot. You gave me a job to do, and I did it. You and did. it was out there, and I did a pretty mm. good job because some of that, a piece of what I was just talking about about mm. your relationship with money and what you do with money and the financial anxiety piece to that. I mean, it's very much related to the topic we're talking about today. So I was just was mm. reminded of that. But there's some good, boys, you got some good information yeah. that you should disseminate out to the you public. Good, you were a good little worker. You were I little, am a great you're worker. A cute little worker. Oh, am I? I'm yes, your you best are. worker and I'm yes, cute you are. too. <laughs> yes, you are my favorite worker. Now, Santa's yeah. little elf. 
I'll be your little elf. What else you want me to do? I'll work for you. Mm-hmm. I work for free, though. I don't want any money. Okay, thank you. Because I don't hey, want that responsibility. Miss D says, um, mm-hmm. my ex used money to impress people. Yeah. And when he lost his money, he lost his so-called friends. That's right. So if your friends are just accustomed to you, kind of, oh, he got it. He got it. He got it. Mm-hmm. Those are your friends. And then you don't have no money no more. Your friends are gone. So, yeah, it, yeah. that resonated with some people. Yeah, well, I have seen that. Well, if you have money, it's more comfortable to be around people that have their own money because because you can do things and it doesn't come off as so awkward. You know, like like if you want to yeah. go if you want to go on a vacation. Right. And the vacation costs like five thousand dollars or some big number or something. You know, if you have a friend that can also afford a five thousand dollar vacation, it's easier than like if you're like, oh, I'll just pay for everybody. And then what happens, though, is like those people, if they have other financial problems, they might be like, well, you spent five thousand dollars for us to go on a trip. So I just need a thousand dollars for my rent. You should be able to handle that. You know, and and, you be paying people's rent for the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah so that's like, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to manage. I feel sorry for people who have money, who've earned it and like really worked real hard and earned their money. Then they got a lot of broke people around them just pulling at them. Yeah, that happens to a lot of professional athletes. And yeah, stuff like that. athletes and stuff. Yeah. I don't know how they manage that sort of thing. And then you have like, you you feel guilty. It's just like a psychological thing. What is it called? Survival's guilt. Like you feel guilty because you have money and you have mm. means. And it's almost yep. like you just want to say, oh, let me try to give back because you somehow don't deserve it. And so you want to just have like you just yeah. want to give and give and give to other people because somehow you feel like you're not worthy of yeah it. well giving is hard um i i think investing is better i like to invest in people that's a lot of fun for me and it works out because there's a lot of value that you know people see the black community like a charity case like uh, we need to you know like celebrities to get money they'll be like you'll be like well, what are you doing for the black community they'll be like oh i gave ten thousand dollars to the boys club Ooh, and I'm like, well, that's my, a great service because boys club, they need a lot of resources. Boys clubs matter. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but also you should invest in the hood. You shouldn't just give like any, any community. There's not a community on the planet mm-hmm. that is able to come up off a of charity. There's no community on the planet. Mm-hmm. There's no country on the planet. There's, there's a yeah. whole documentary that documentary I told you about poverty Inc. Yeah. It shows that all the countries where they do the most charity mm-hmm. are the ones that have the most economic problems because, because you're mm-hmm. not putting ma- machinery in place to mm-hmm. pull them out of that. They're not getting industry, none of that. They're just getting a check. It's like give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day, teach him how to f- fish and he'll eat forever or something like that. Yeah. That's saying. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And it's always good to like when you invest in people, like it's always good to make sure that you're investing in like something they feel passionate about. You or know? just investing and, in whatever, and, like, mm-hmm. like just giving them a, like, I love giving, like, I, I don't really, you know, I like, I like when I'm able to give somebody a job, you know, oh, that's and so because, great. because when I can give you a job and you do your job, well, you're helping me and I'm helping you and you yeah. don't, you don't owe me nothing because that's just not charity. And I don't have to carry a deadbeat. I do not like carrying deadbeat people. I right? know. It's so, really, and it puts you in a hard position if it ends up being like, if it doesn't work out, you can just be like, you know, I'm happy that I was able to work with you. And if it does work and they do great things, what a good feeling you're going to get knowing that you played a part in helping other people do well. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You know, so I think it's like, it goes very far. Yeah. 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 So, all right, everybody, uh, mm-hmm. do me a favor. Can you hit the thumbs up button? Hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. And Dr. Alicia and I, every now and then we come in and do commentary on the Black Love Channel. Also, if you want to see video and pictures and stuff on the wedding, uh, you know, we have some of that stuff up there. The URL is on the screen, theblackloveChannel.com. 
Uh, if you believe in black love, if you believe the black relationships are important, uh, we want to help carry the flag for that. There's other people that do similar stuff and they're really good. They're good at it. And we want to contribute to that pot. Uh, we believe that if black men don't start loving black women and if black women don't learn to love black men, then the black community will fail. Uh, we need our families. We need um, we need to love each other. We need to build. And uh, you can't do it by yourself. It, it don't work. You know, the, being a lifetime baby daddy ain't, ain't, ain't the way to do it. That's a good way to be broke. Or being a lifetime baby mama is a good way to be broke. So we want to help black folks prosper and to win. So let's set an example for the kids. Let's, let's show them what black power really looks like and black power starts with black family. So the black love channel.com, the URLs on the screen, please, please, please make sure you go subscribe to the black love channel.com. Uh, we'll keep regular stuff coming out that uh, we think you'll like. Also, if you're interested in taking a look at Dr. Alicia's platform, it's coaching with Dr. Alicia.com. She uh, is a licensed therapist and a full professor of social work and she sees clients and has um, courses on how to uh, how to have intimacy with your partner. She's doing a premarital course, all kinds of stuff. So feel free to go take a look at coaching with Dr. Alicia.com if that's of interest to you. So thank you guys. Uh, have a have a good night. And uh, Alicia, would you like to say goodbye? Yes. Um, thank you, Boyce. I want to say thank you for bringing me on your yeah. platform. I think that is mm. wonderful. I love coming on here. I like talking to you. Mm-hmm. I like getting into your brain to see what you're thinking. And I just want to say, oh, you know what? I want to say thank you to everybody who sent us wonderful congratulations. I cannot get yes. back to everybody. But yes. yeah, I was overwhelmed by the positive, overwhelming support. Yeah, yeah it was it great. Was wonderful. Yeah, there were so many people and I was so appreciative. And it was uh, really awesome. You know, it really it was nice to be able to help create a conversation about where do we go from here? Like, what does what does being grown in black look like and how do we, um, you know, how do we create an alternative conversation beyond some of the other stuff that's out there? Right. Well, it's not so great. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 We're not going to talk about that. I'd like, to uh-huh. see, I'd like to see young people kind of see something that uh, represents uh, structure and power. You know, mm-hmm. it's stability, right? And I think family is the core to that. When they took away our families, white supremacy did a big number on us. Yes, they did. You know, that that's how, if you ever want to weaken a community, mm-hmm. just kill the families. Yeah, but it only worked temporarily. We coming back strong. They ain't right. That's right. It ain't going to work. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Everybody put B1 in the chat. Hashtag B1. If you know what we're talk- talking about, we're building for the future. So God bless everybody. Have a good uh, night. And uh, we shall speak to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Peace.